Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. And we're back. You may not have realized we were gone, but <laughs> we kind of were. But uh, So today I wanted to pick up where we left off, kind of, with the the episode Just Let People Have Their Music, which was an exploration of a particular praise song. And in that episode, I kind of raised, you know, this question of how do we know when we're being too picky and how do we not be those people, those guys that just, you know, are critical of everything and pick everything apart. And so then someone posted in the Facebook group a quote from Yogi Bhajan. I'll read the quote and then we can kind of go from there. But it was basically the quote was, if you're willing to look at another person's behavior toward you as a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves, rather than a statement about your value as a person, then you will, over a period of time, cease to react at all. And interestingly, the discussion around this kind of went in... I don't know. what it, it went... How would you describe it? You know, in some ways, it fell prey to the flaws in the uh, interface, right, with Facebook. I think if we – Facebook even put a couple of things like italics in there. We have so much more uh, clarity. But So on the one hand, it fell that way. On the other hand, I, I, I liked it, but it, it, it seemed like we maybe got lost a little bit. And then on the other hand, I think there was – there were a couple of moments there where I certainly got a couple of new things out of this, like in terms of what maybe um, folks are looking for by way of response. Not, not, not. I want you to say what I want you to say, but here's a format that might be more uh, easily approachable for me. I think I got that from this particular one. Well, yeah, and it was it was interesting too because I think it was kind of split. Like well, okay. So Greg didn't Greg didn't really care for the quote or had problems with it. Maybe that's a better way to say it. I thought the quote was a good reminder and was, you know, yeah, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's edge cases that don't fit with it or whatever, but I was like, this is pretty good. Well, and then the conversation I think kind of ended with the realization by the poster that they are approaching quotes and things like this completely differently than how you, Greg, approach things. So in other words, they're taking it more on the surface or a level too deep or you're going like 10 levels deeper below that, which which also, I'm kind of wandering here, but hopefully, I, hopefully my point will make sense here, which did lead to a concern that I had. <laughs> And it, I thought of this. I thought of this on a, on an airplane back from Chicago. I was uh, at a conference called Podcast Movement in Chicago about a week and a half ago. So, hi, any new listeners that I uh, rounded up there. But this was the the analogy that I thought of that related to that, and it has to do with I, I'm thinking of like when you buy bananas at the store. Okay. And I like I like it already. So when you buy bananas, <laughs> at least my experience is. 
you rarely find like the perfect banana. Like they're either too green or they're too old or they got too many bruises or, you know, there's this big dark lines down the spine of the banana or, or just like, whoa, I'm not buying that. And so I guess the concern that I had and the, the analogy that I was, that I wanted to paint here was sometimes I worry that people are bringing articles or quotes to the Facebook group and they're, you know, the, where the, the article is a banana, like, look, John and Greg, or look, Facebook group, look at this cool banana I found. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, mm, no, too many bruises on that one. Bring me another one. <laughs> <laughs> and they bring another one, like, well, what about this one? I thought this one was a good one. But not too green. And so we're, I don't know. So that, it, so I guess I do have the concern that, <laughs> that we aren't honoring the submissions or the things that people are bringing. And yet, you know, like, so like with this particular quote, going back to the original quote, I think you had problems with it for a number of like very, very deep, like historical reasons. Whereas I just read it and I was like, yeah, that's like, yeah, that could change my orientation towards people. Kind of like our previous conversation a long time ago about, you know, giving people the benefit of the doubt and assuming that they're doing the best they can, which, which you took great, great issue with. Well, I think it may or may not be true. Yes. Right? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So help me reel myself back in here. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I think this was excellent exchange. So I give this an A on, in my books. And, and yes, um, I, like, I like situations where people, um, <laughs> ironically, where people disagree with me. This uh -huh. is good. I'm not out to create disagreement, however. I'm actually out to create agreement, but I don't think it's likely to come through an immediate road. And I also think that what this ended up doing, and I would tie this quotation from Yogi Bhajan, who is a fellow who introduced Kundalini Yoga to Canada. And he is a... Uh, Kundalini is really a term? It is a term. I thought J.P. Sears was just saying that <laughs> to be funny. It Are is you? funny, too. <laughs> okay. Well, so look, for a, the, look for the J.P. Sears link, there how to go. be more spiritual in the last episode. But continue. Okay. So he's a... He's a He's a Sikh uh, yogi or, or if you like, teacher. Uh, and the Sikh, Sikh religion is, is an offshoot of, of Hinduism, just, just like Jainism is and actually Buddhism. They're both – they're all three are um, responses and they're very old responses. They're, they're quite you know, ancient religions that respond to Hinduism. Anyways, um, I thought that this quotation by Bhajan and – the, the newest quotation here by David Benner offered a lot of good texture and the discussion so far I think has brought out a lot of really interesting points. So when you say, you know, someone comes and they, they bring their, their banana, um, I think I really like that analogy in the sense that people are coming with something they found and they like. Um, now, I don't know about the idea of, of these things all being bananas. I think they're probably various different things, right? Maybe this is something that helps me do this. This is like a step stool. This is like a, 
uh, a screwdriver. This is like a whatever. They're basically tools that help us to understand ourselves and understand the world and live in the world better and understand how other people are living in the world, offer some explanation. Yeah, and I guess I guess maybe to, resum- to summarize my concern, my concern, though, is that whatever people bring, it's never good enough. Like, yeah. like if I am to put myself, like if I'm to pre- pretend that I am some of the other people in the Facebook group, I, like, I can think, I think, like, maybe there's, there's probably someone that's posted something and, and I probably haven't like been like, oh, that's an A plus to anything that they've posted. And so uh, how do they like if I put myself in their shoes, I'm thinking I wouldn't feel very good and I wouldn't want to keep posting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. And I think I think one of the things I took out of this is um, I so <clears throat> you and I or I with you make assumptions, right? Because you and I share some common background that none of these other folks share. Okay. So for instance, uh, one of the things in this long series of, you know, uh, reply and, and f- subsequent reply to this Yogi Bhajan quotation that came up was this idea of the detour. Now this comes out of, and this may not sort of stick in your head, but this is something you probably would have heard at Labrie. It's something, you know, you probably would have heard from from Greg uh, Lowry, who, you know, just in 2014 finished up as the director. And it's something that comes out of Paul Ricoeur's philosophy. Now, a lot of times I try to avoid names. I try to avoid philosophers' names and this type of that so that things don't get confusing. But sometimes I think this stuff is helpful to bring out. So this idea of, of a detour is that oftentimes when we, or in certain regards, when we try to approach something directly, we end up not being able to grasp it, not being able to get it the way that it actually is, not being able to engage with it productively. And in fact, there's some, if you like, um, there's a degree of uh, haze or obstruction or um, even confusion that occurs when we approach these things directly. And now I had never brought this up before. It's just implicit in some of what I've been doing, this whole idea of the detour. Like I think Recur is right. I think that insofar as it's raised at Labrie, that's a good thing. But I've never raised it directly. So I think sometimes when people see it, it's like, what? There's got to be something good here, right? There's got to be something valuable here. Why don't we, why don't we track on what's valuable? And, and I, I take that as a valid critique. And so when, when the next quotation, which is the David Benner one that I mentioned, when it was posted... I thought, okay, well, let's try this out. So, you know, I had suggested with the, the, the Yogi Bhajan quotation, I said, well, why don't I do this the next time? And so I did it. And I said, here's what I like about the David Benner quotation. Uh, here's what I don't like, right? And so coming back to what I said a little earlier about people come with something and it's something that they like, they value. Um, one of the questions that I asked about the David Benner one was um, – you know, what do you appreciate about it? If this is an improvement on something, if this quotation represents an improvement on your existing ways of approaching something or understanding something, um, how, how so and, and, and what makes it better, right? So I can understand a little bit more of where that person's coming from. But I think from my perspective, obviously when I'm engaging with something, and I, I don't think it's a banana and bruises, I just, 
I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would switch it. Okay. I would switch. I think somebody's coming and saying, listen, this is a great tool for opening a stuck door. This is a great tool for helping clear the smudge off of a window so you can see through it better. And odds on what I'm doing when I'm seeing, hmm, I see some problems here are, um, and as I mentioned again in that same, in the, in the reply again to that David Benner quotation uh, in the group, I'll read the David Benner one. Um, the heart has a bigger perspective than the mind. It can see further because it draws its data from all levels of reality. Unlike ego, the heart doesn't perceive by differentiation, but by means of its inherent resonance with wholeness, alignment, oneness, harmony, proportion, and beauty. I'm not sure where the quotation comes from, but it's from David Benner. Um, and so in reply to that, part of my reply was um, that I find the quotation difficult to understand and that it in some, some ways contradicts my experience and what other thinkers, other researchers on this subject whom I've read have said and their work, their perspective offers me a better explanation of what I experience in my own life and what I experience in terms of watching other people and observing others. So in other words, their work is like Benner's but I think in terms of it being a tool, something to open a stuck door, clear a smudged window, or maybe guide me from one place to another, their work's better. Is it possible, too, that we're dealing with such... Well, in the, I guess in the past we've had like full articles posted, which gives more to work with. But I guess it's dawning on me just in looking at this quote is there's... It's just like, it's three sentences long. Yeah, it's not much. I mean, it's linked to something else. I didn't, I haven't looked at the other link. Well, and that's why the last thing I said was, I can't go any further on this. I've given kind of, here's what I like, here's what I don't like, so that it doesn't seem like I'm just shooting it, you know, shooting at it. Nice. Um, oh, thank you. Well, I, I mean, I hope so. Like, we'll see what people think, because I guess that's what I'm accustomed to as well, you know, from my background. If somebody really values something, they're going to come out and tell me. But if, if it's sort of like, hmm, this is kind of, I'm not too sure where this is coming from and I've got some issues, they're just going to tell me that, right? So, um, but I did ask, yeah, I, I'm going to need to know, can you give me the full page this comes from at least? Um, you know, but the other thought that I guess occurs to me is some of this type of thinking. So when Benner's putting stuff out, even Yogi Bhajan, he's not Christian, but for Christians, I, what occurs to me is I wonder if people are seeing some of this stuff and essentially they're, it's not only, hey, this is something better for opening a stuck door. It might be, I've had stuck doors in my life. I haven't had a clue of how to open them. And look, I think this helps. This is the first thing I've ever come across, in other words, that opens a stuck door. Wow. Uh, so, oh, okay. So it, in other words, it all comes back to the context thing. I think we both often bring up, which is when someone's posting someone, when someone is posting something, explaining like what they like about it and why and giving some context for it. 
Yeah, and that was the first thing I asked on this Benner quotation. You know, what do you appreciate? Uh, what do you appreciate about it? If it's offering you an improvement over something existing, then what's that existing thing? And why is this? What makes Benner better? So then I've got a context, and I can understand. Okay, this is interesting, and and you know I don't want to. I'll just I'll just, I'll just say it. I mean, if we are as in this case Christians coming across something, it's new, it's different than we've heard presented in church or presented from our our ministers or whomever we look to for you know tools to engage in the world in a Christian way then I can understand that there could be a tremendous amount of excitement about some of this stuff, right? There could be, uh, you know, the first time somebody comes across, I don't know, Jerry Bridges, uh, Larry Crabb. I'm using some old names. Uh, so people who are writing about uh, psychology or self-help-ish sort of things, and I mean that in a very positive sense, not a negative sense at all. They might come across Bridges and Crabb and others and think, wow, this is phenomenal. I, I love this. And this is uh, a huge improvement. And they might be 100% right. And I'm not in any way disputing. I have no, until they tell me, I have no idea what it is these people represent an improvement upon or why the person views this as, whether this is just interesting or, or exciting or life-changing. I don't know, right? Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, and I would go back to the Yogi Bhajan one here. I think what I'm hearing from you, John, is that when you, with your self-awareness, your degree of knowledge, you are bringing, you are taking yourself, as we all do, but you're reading the quotation from your perspective and saying, okay, with my knowledge, as John Polstra, with my ability to say, okay, clearly what this quotation isn't telling me is, or clearly what I'm not going to do with this, is anytime somebody says anything negative about me, I'm going to ignore them because I'm going to think that's their relationship with, their self, with themselves. That's their problem. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, I'm, you have the knowledge not to go there, but the quotation will not keep you from doing that. So you're, So what you're saying, so... Okay, that's interesting. So you're saying you're just taking the quotation as it is literally. Just I think, the I, think word. I have to. Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm reading it and saying that's interesting. Yeah, but I trust I, you. I trust you. I know that if you read that quotation mark, it would knowing what I know about you as well as I know you, I am ninety nine point something high high number percent sure that you would use that in a way that would be beneficial for you and other people, as opposed to a way that would ultimately undermine your ability to hear valid critiques about yourself from others. Or drive or, myself into a corner that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think the person who posted this is in the same camp, but I don't think everybody is. We can't assume that. And also, Bajan is not like, like you, like me, like everybody on the planet. He's not neutral. He has uh, a particular motivation. He has a religious orientation. He is definitely promoting the Sikh religion. And there are certain aspects and elements of Sikhism that when you put this quotation made by a Sikh yogi into the Sikh context, take you in a particular direction that I think, frankly, is not Christian. 
I hmm. would I would personally I would reject it. And I think, you know, if people want to draw from this quotation and say, this quotation helps me remember that I need to be aware that sometimes people people's treatment of me I don't need to take personally. Okay, but but you're not actually interpreting the quotation mark. Quotation, pardon me. You're using the quotation to stimulate your your awareness of something that you already understand. Do you see what I mean? Not this, quite. Not quite. Well, it, so, well, like, so let's let's use this as an example. So, the, again, the quote says, "If you are willing to look at another person's behavior toward you as a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves, rather than a statement about your value as a person, then over a period of time, then you, sorry, then you will over a period of time." Cease to react at all. So I would read that and I would say, huh, cease to react at all for all time? Well, that's, that's a nice thought, but I think it's impossible. Am I res- so this is what I bring to it. I'm curious what you bring to it. I also look at this and I say, yes, I am 100% responsible for my reaction, for my response to a situation. I totally mm-hmm. believe that. I might not always be able to control it the way I would like, and I may get triggered, but that's that's totally my deal, not right. the other person. Um, mm-hmm. And so if I look at this and say, oh, yeah, I just had this interaction at work and this person got really mad at me, it, it can take the sting away a little bit to think, oh, okay, well, maybe I didn't do it wrong. Maybe Maybe they were just having one of those days. And so, you know... Their behavior is a reflection of where they're at today, not a reflection of where I'm at today. And mm-hmm. uh, well, that's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I would take away from it. What are you taking away from this? Or what are you seeing here that you're like, wait a minute, time out? Well, yeah, it just seems very either or, very extreme. You know, like I can't think of too many cases where I... I I can literally probably think of two cases in my life where I would apply this at, at fairly face value. And these are very, very broken people that I have the, whatever, the misfortune or maybe the fortune of having some kind of connection with, you know. And then for the most, the majority of the people, like I can meet somebody, we can have an interaction in a parking lot outside a supermarket. We're both going for the same parking spot or, you know, I'll, I think somebody's a complete, you know, uh, jerk <laughs> for doing something. And they may think the same thing of me or they may fly off the handle, in my opinion, and use really foul language and just kind of do crazy things. And I don't have any context. Like, can I really say that this guy or this woman um, is just reacting to their own situation? You know, could they have seen something that I did that I didn't notice or that I didn't understand could they have interpreted it in a way that I never meant or, you know, I didn't, maybe I, maybe I was kind of moving my hand to, I don't know, move my glasses back onto my face and I thought I was, you know, flipping them the bird or something. Well, I didn't do that. But if they perceived that or they thought they did, then I could understand why they could react really in a, in a, in a nutty way. But we'll never probably get to that point of, of them saying, well, I thought you flipped me the bird there. But see, I would would come back to that and say, yeah, but they're responsible for their reaction. Yeah, but it's me, on the other hand, looking at them and saying, okay, this is a crazy reaction. 
This is way out of proportion with the situation. What am I to do with this? And I still think I'm left with a question mark. Okay, I th- okay, I think I got it. So I, using your, your grocery store analogy. Yeah. So I guess the, I'm just a total made up. But so someone's left two bags of groceries on the ground and you've already run over one bag of groceries with your car. <laughs> And they're screaming at you. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, that's just a reflection of their state with themselves today. <laughs> yeah. And instead, they're like, don't ruin my second bag of groceries, jerk. <laughs> I know. And maybe, who knows, like, how close was I to running them down or their kid? Was I, you know, was I completely negligent? Was I just, like, how, how did, so. So I, you're wanting there to be responsibility on both sides as opposed to just you're feeling like this is this quote is to either or. Well, I think it puts me in a position of having far too much knowledge about that other party. So in well, the you two don't have cases, knowledge, you're just assuming. Well, I would want to have knowledge if I'm going to say that another person's actions towards me are really uh, a statement about like uh, a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves. In other words, this is all about them and their hangups and they're out here acting crazy because they are, they act crazy. But everything Versus, that I've done is fine. Yeah. <laughs> or, you Which, know, maybe, okay, yeah, that's there. You have a, yeah. yeah. You I, know, I, or maybe I, I didn't run down the grocery bag. Maybe you did, but you took off and my car's right here. And I'm like, hey, I'm the innocent guy, but they're, they still have a right to be mad. Even if it's misplaced at me, should be at you, but. You know, I still, I still can't, I still can't assume I have that type of knowledge about them. I would want to be really, really careful before I got to the point where I said to myself, you know what, I am not going to respond to what you have to say at all. In other words, I am going to ignore you completely because the orientation of a Christian is to love my neighbor as myself. Now that is not, that is rarely, rarely ignoring and it is never, ever ever ongoing ignoring it just isn't that is not like you god is a god the christian god is a god of reconciliation of 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 remaking of renewing and of marrying up together things that are broken there is no way that an ongoing ignoring of 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 a situation in anything other than the most extreme abusive kind of psychotic you know, where by psychotic, I mean like a break from reality. This person has, is really broken from reality in certain ways, cannot connect with reality. It's a psychosis. Other than that, I don't, I can't see any legitimate reasons to ongoingly ignore or filter to zero somebody's responses to me or what they say to me or whatever. I just don't think it's Christian. I, I, I was not how I want to live. Hmm. I don't think I'd be loving people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with myself. I wouldn't do that with my kids. You know, I wouldn't want somebody else to do that to me. So why would I treat them that way? And then if I do see somebody and you see, the, the, you're in a catch 22 here because the only time that I would ever apply this is, is where I'm unfortunately I've had the, you know, ill chance to be in a relationship with somebody over a long period of time enough to know them and know that this person has some serious problems. You know, they, they, they will, if given the chance, act abusively towards me. They've shown it in the past. I may have tried to talk with them about that. I may have tried to deal with that. I may have tried to put up certain 
um, barriers and structural sort of mediations between us. And ultimately, those things don't prove sufficient or effective. So I might just have to say, listen, I got to sever this relationship. And you can, I might see you, you might talk to me, you might say bad things to me, you might accuse me of things wrongly. And you know what? Nope. No, nope. I'm not going to sit here and try to talk to you because I don't think you're connecting with reality. And I think you, there's something else going on here and you need some help. But that's a pretty big statement for me to say. Like, mm. you need some help is, that's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't make that lightly without knowing a lot about that person. So I guess that's where it takes me. And, and that's when you say that it's a good reminder, I guess the statement necessarily doesn't seem to be a reminder to me. It seems to be an, uh, an axiom. It seems to be a, a short, pithy truth about reality, which is different from a reminder because I think the reminder is saying, hey, by the way, this isn't all about you. But that's not what I'm reading in the statement. The statement is saying it's often all about the other person. Which Wait, where does really- it say that? Well, if you're willing to look at another person's behavior as this, then that. And I would think to myself, yeah, maybe, but why, why should I ever be willing to do that? Like only under very extreme circumstances would I think that that's a right thing to do. Hmm. But it seems to be very broad. Like the statement, there's nothing in this statement to kind of curb it. And the one thing I would say about Yogi Bhajan versus David Benner. I mean, David Benner writes books. So I remember I've heard a couple of quotations by Benner. The first two, I'm scratching my head thinking, really? And then I heard a couple and I thought, wow. No, why? I think. <laughs> why? This guy's really good. No, I have, I have one of his books here. I think I have two copies. We maybe, maybe we'll have to read it. Well, the, the point about Bhajan is he works in these statements like from what I've seen I don't know that he's written any books he's made a collection of there's a collection of of statements or truths or whatever I think that's more in the yogic style anyways um, but I, I would find it a lot easier I guess to you know find a lot more common ground with Benner because he's got a lot more context in a book versus the yogi when he's offering just a statement or two, it's like, really? Is that, so how am I supposed to, in other words, there's no context. Okay. I just apply this generally. All that, that won't work. So how do we round this one up, wrap this one up, make some recommendations, suggestions on how we should interact with things like this going forward? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do think that, there has to be some responsibility. Uh, so uh, I think uh, there were a couple of l- like longer posts that have come up in the, the Untangling Christianity Facebook group. And I think those longer quotations are the way to go. I think when we have just like two, three sentences, one sentence, then it's really tough to know how to engage with that. And I don't want to appear you know, inconsiderate by ignoring them. But I would say, just as I said to this Benner, most recent Benner quotation, hey, in order to be fair to Benner, um, like I'd like him to be fair to me, um, I need to see, um, 
need to see this in context and you know mm. at least a full page mm-hmm. so um and then of course yeah i think always having folks like i'm happy to to add what i like about something but i think my comment about that was i don't want it to seem tokenism i like the fact that he's <laughs> i like the fact that he has a positive attitude <laughs> <laughs> you know so i don't want to seem trite like whatever but I, you know, if it's if if that's not going to be perceived tritely, then well, I think you trite. made a point here. Maybe it was a, another just side conversation we had, where you also said you were afraid of maybe falling into kind of political correctness. Where and this gets back to some old conversations about the head nod, <laughs> uh, yeah. the head. You know the yeah the or no, we called it the courtesy nod. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe there's no, uh, maybe there's no uh, easy prescriptive answer here. Well, you know, I I think from now on until until I get feedback that's telling me this isn't a good idea, I'm gonna really try to search for what I affirm, and lay that out first. Okay, and then after that, try to bring in the critique. But I th- I think the yeah, there's just a lot of pieces that that haven't been brought out, like this whole thing about detours and the, the importance of detours, and then the idea that hey, you know this may be your best, you know, uh, window de-smudger. But, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and I think, I think too, there's the question of, well, what are we, obli- what are we obligated as, as, as Christians or as people to do? And I think that conversation needs to take place as well. Because I would see that as truth seekers, um, we have an obligation not just to find something that desmudges windows, but something that does it well. Not just something that opens doors, but that opens them well. So we don't, you know, hurt ourselves or hurt other people get, get injured or we can't really get through the door. In other words, and I guess I'm using the analogy of making a window clean and getting a door open to indicate, you know, how we live our lives. How we, in, a, in essence, how people... Uh, are able to love themselves, love God, love others, um, how they're able to be truth seekers, truth finders, you know, truth tellers, um, and how we're able to live satisfying lives. Because I think without that, we, like you say, it's, it's a bunch of courtesy nods. You know, we're, we're kind of nodding because that's, the, that's the, the right Christian answer. Yeah, so but, you know, <laughs> there's got to be one other person in the room who's thinking like you are, John. Which is that answer sucks because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and on that note, and I think we should close here. I want to encourage more people to, to argue with us. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. So in this particular back and forth, it was Greg, me, and then the original poster. So, and I know there's a few more of you in the Facebook group. So, you know, get in there, and you know, I don't know if you necessarily have to quote take a side, but you know, just or yeah. or give us a new perspective, like yeah. like as Greg pointed out, um, like I mean, it sounded like even though this thread kind of ultimately didn't feel like it got anywhere, like there were some good learnings from it. So that's valuable. Yeah, and I think it really helped me understand where this uh, poster was coming from, and you know, I've changed. I'm gonna, I am changing how I reply based on this. So for me, I, I would give them both an A because mm-hmm. I, I learned something new. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com. If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email, send your requests, questions, or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license.